Hey now, and welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry, still coming at you with the allergies, (laughs) y'all. If anybody out there knows what I can do about these allergies, please let me know. I'm about to just be a hermit all summer. That's what I'm about to do. I'm about to be a hermit, about to stay in my house, about to not leave out. That's what I'm going to do because this is ridiculous. You know, the past couple summers, it's been not this bad because, you know, we were having indoor recess because the covid But now I'm out in these streets because we got outdoor recess and this is the result of outdoor recess and I'm over it. So here we go. So I hope everyone is doing well. I hope you are enjoying your summer. I hope you are at the beaches and the backyard barbecues and the pools. I hope the kiddos are enjoying their summers out, getting ready to go to the next grade. Um, Yeah, I just hope everybody is enjoying family and friends. And for us down here in Eastern North Carolina, it is blue crabs and barbecue and all of the good times. So I hope you are having fun wherever you are this summer. So Passionate Stewards, two organizations that I am consulting with Two completely different parts of the U.S. They came to me for two completely different issues that they were experiencing in their organization. And as a result of that, they also wanted support for their human service professionals within the organization. So one of the things that I can offer as support within the organization that I can work within the contract is a support circle. And a support circle is for human service professionals that are doing the work. Now, it really depends on the area or the issue that I've been hired to come into the organization to offer support for. The running theme for both of these organizations, when I say two different organizations, I mean two completely different organizations. These two organizations serve two completely different populations. They are in two completely different time zones, two completely different sides of the world. But the theme that has emerged from both support circles is how the situations that they face with their clients many times lead them to feeling some guilt and shame. So the first session with each one, I didn't think anything of it. Second session, like, hmm, after going over notes, like, hmm, something's here. After this third session, I'm like, wait a minute. At the beginning of each of these support circles, we begin with a grounding exercise and a check-in. So we start with the check-in, checking in with everybody, seeing how everybody's doing, just, you know, just loosen everybody up a bit. And then we do a grounding exercise. I facilitate a grounding exercise for everyone. You know, we go over the group norms. We go over, I let them know. They already know why I'm there. But we. they also know that if anything comes up in the group that I need to take to the executive director. So we already establish all of this up front. And so after doing a number of circles with the human service and social work professionals, you know, I had to take this to the EDs who were called me into these organizations because this 
if not addressed, can lead to burnout for these professionals. This guilt and this shame that these professionals are feeling have a very high propensity for burnout. And so I had to address it with the executive directors of both of these organizations. One ED, they weren't surprised and they kind of felt like they saw it. They had a couple conversations with a couple of the staff persons, but the other executive director did not see it coming. And so now we are trying to come up we are working through that stuff. Can't talk too much about it because I'm still in the project, but we're we're working through some stuff. So let's for a minute explore what guilt and shame is. So guilt is a negative feeling that involves reflecting on oneself. It is considered a self-conscious emotion similar to shame, embarrassment, or pride. People may experience guilt for various reasons, such as committing or thinking they committed an act, do something they shouldn't have done or having morally wrong thoughts. And shame is an emotion of feeling embarrassed or humiliated due to the belief that one has acted dishonorably, immorally, or improperly. And Brene Brown says, shame is I am bad and guilt is I did something bad. And you'll see in the show notes, I put um, a TED Talk that Brene Brown did on shame. It was a really good TED Talk. So I hope you check it out when you get a chance. So the difference between guilt and shame is shame and guilt are similar concepts, but they have different meanings, of course. Guilt is usually associated with specific harm, whether it's real or imagined. And shame, on the other hand, refers to negative feelings about oneself in general. So notebook time. I want to offer some strategies. This, I've already offered the circles. We're past this point. So I've already offered these strategies to the circles. So I want to offer you the same strategies that I've offered the two circles to help you overcome some guilt and shame to promote your well-being when you're working with your clients. Number one, acknowledge and normalize emotions. It is normal to feel guilty or ashamed in this line of work, but it's important to remember that these emotions do not determine your value as a person or a professional. Accept that it is a common experience and try not to let it bring you down. It is not your fault if a client decides to leave the situation and not receive your services. It is not your fault if the client relapses. It is not your fault if the client does not take their medication You cannot internalize those feelings or those actions. Our clients are still their own people. They still have the autonomy, some of our clients, depending on the population that you are serving, still have the autonomy to make decisions for themselves. And those clients who do have the privilege of having the autonomy to make decisions for themselves, 
those are decisions that they made. They made the decision to not do ABC. They decided to not do XYZ. We are taught that we can't make decisions for our client. We can provide them with the resources. We can support them in making some decisions, but we can't make them make the final decision. We can provide them with the information to make the decision, but we can't make the decision for them. Number two is reflect and gain perspective. It is important to spend time reflecting on the situations that make you feel guilty or ashamed. Think about the aspects of a situation that you had control over and those that you didn't. Keep in mind that you are just one part of a bigger system. And there may be some things that you can't change on your own. If you think about our work as a whole, If there are moving parts for us as professionals, there are several moving parts for our clients. And that's why they come to us because they need support navigating all of those moving parts. So if doors are being closed for us, imagine the doors being closed for our clients. Number three, practice self-compassion. I can't stress that enough. Practice self-compassion compassion. Be kind and understanding towards yourself. Let's say that again for the people in the back. Be kind and understanding towards yourself. Recognizing that you, my friend, are doing your best with the resources and skills at your disposal. Instead of dwelling on self-blame, forgive yourself for mistakes and use them as opportunities to learn. If you don't remember or don't write down or don't take heed to anything I say today, practice self-compassion. You have to forgive yourself. You are one person in this huge system of people who are supposed to be in place to support our clients. And I get it. Sometimes so many people have failed our clients that we want to be that one that does not. I I so get that. I've seen it so much in my years of doing this work, and I still feel and see it now. So many people have failed our clients. And so many times that failure has started at infancy. And we want to be that one person that shows up for our client. But sometimes us just providing that resource or providing that listening ear, that is more than what a lot of our clients have ever been afforded in their life. So be kind to yourself that you have shown up for that person in a way that sometimes no one has ever shown up for them before. So practice some self-compassion. Be kind and understanding towards yourself, just as kind and understanding as you are towards your clients. Number four, seek supervision and support. I think supervision and support are so vital for this work. If you are not 
seeking supervision and support from your ED or from your program director or for your from your program manager, that's problematic. Yes, you can get support from colleagues and your work friends or whatever, but you also need that same level. You need that support and supervision from your supervisor or from your manager or from your ED. However, the or however that structure is, you still need that additional supervision and support. You know, it's recommended to have regular supervision or consultation with an experienced professional. Talking about your feelings of shame and guilt can help you gain insights from someone else's perspective who wasn't intimately involved with the situation. Sharing your experiences with colleagues can also give you validation and make you feel less alone. Because I promise you, if you are working with other human service professionals, they've had a similar situation. They've had a similar client. They've had a similar outcome. Most EDs have done client-centered work before. We might not do as much client-centered work as we used to do, but we've done client-centered work before. So just because we're not doing it now don't mean we haven't done it. And some of us, we still know how to do it. Some of us are not that far removed that we still can't roll up our sleeves and get down with the get down when we need to get down. You know what I'm saying? So take advantage of the wealth of knowledge or take advantage of that open-door policy when it's offered, if it's a genuine open-door policy. Number five, set boundaries. This is part of self-care. Set boundaries. It is important to set boundaries between your personal and professional life. Make sure you take time for all aspects of radical self-care. Hobbies, relaxation, that's radical social self-care, radical spiritual self-care, radical emotional mental self-care. Make sure you are taking time for all aspects of that. Don't take too much time to stretch yourself so thin saying, no, everybody who knows me know that sentence is my favorite sentence. It's no, no, and it's no period. It's vital for your overall well-being. Develop radical self-care practices. Make time for activities that recharge your entire self, that recharge you physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, recharge the whole you, not part of you, your whole self. You know, you could try exercising. That's radical physical self-care. Make sure you're going to the doctors. Make sure you're checking on the whole you. Meditating, you know, being in nature, doing, picking up a hobby, spending time with loved ones. All of these are the domains of radical self-care. Remember to prioritize radical self-care as a crucial part of your routine. Number seven, reflect on achievements and positive impact. Take a moment to reflect on the positive impact you've had on people's lives. Celebrate you, sis. Celebrate you, bruh. Celebrate the impact that you are having on your clients' lives. Uplift you. 
Don't wait for others to do it. Be grateful that today was a good day. Clients got signed up for food stamps. I got a client signed up for mental health services because they really needed it. A client got a job. I did that. I finally got a client to start budgeting their money. I did that. Celebrate you. Celebrate what you bring to the table. Celebrate all that you are as a human service professional because you do give so much of yourself. Take a moment, recognize and celebrate your accomplishments, no matter how big or small that they are. When I used to work in reentry work, when I was living in D.C., people will always say, like, why are you celebrating that person, you know, staying out or staying clean? Because this person stayed with us one day longer than they stayed with us the last time. That's an accomplishment. We got to celebrate that. You might not want to celebrate it, but I'm going to celebrate it. Because to me, one day longer is another step closer to that person finding their breakthrough and then finally saying enough is enough. So next time, it might be one week longer. Next time, it might be that time where they say enough is enough. Every time, it got longer and longer and longer. Yes, in the beginning of this work, I felt some of this guilt and shame that some of these professionals were talking about. I felt it. And that's because I was young in this work and I had my cape on. I was ready. There was also so much more I had to learn. But then that's when the shift started to happen with me professionally. And I had to start celebrating myself. Oh, a client got signed up for food stamps? You go, girl. You can feed yourself and your kids now. What's up? Got signed up for health insurance? Gonna get you and them babies checked. You are doing fantastic. When it was time to report things out in supervision meetings, yep, I did that, 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 and that. You have to learn to celebrate you. Celebrate your clients. You celebrate your clients, so you got to celebrate yourself. Number eight is seek therapy or counseling. It is nothing wrong with seeking therapy or counseling particularly because of the guilt and shame that can come along with this work and because of all of the trauma that is experienced with this work. If you are being significantly impacted by this work and if it's bringing up some trauma from your past, if you are being triggered, then you need to be seeing someone. Look, people already come to this work for a reason. I've never met a human service professional or a social worker that came to this work that had not experienced something. Never, ever in my life. You show me a human service professional or a social worker that has not gone through something, I will be shocked. And I'm not talking about that person has to have gone through something like extremely traumatic, but they've gone through something in their life. You know, they might have walked past a homeless family on the street and it did something to their spirit, or they might have gone through something traumatic in their life that drew them to this work. Nevertheless, something impactful has happened to them in their life that drew them to human services work and social work. And because of that, there can be moments throughout this work. There could be moments throughout this work that you will meet a client, you will be encountered by a situation that will rock you to your core, and you have to be prepared. 
to process that. And you have to be prepared to deal with that. And the way to do that is being able to have supervision or being able to seek therapy or counseling. It's important. It's important for the longevity in this field if this is the work that you genuinely want to do, but it's it's even more important for your own personal healing. The eight strategies again are acknowledge and normalize emotions, reflect and gain perspective, practice self-compassion. That's my favorite. I don't know about y'all, but that is my favorite. Seek supervision and support, set boundaries. That's another favorite. Develop radical self-care practices. Y'all know that's my favorite. I need to stop saying that, right? (laughs) Reflect on achievements and positive impact. Celebrate you. Celebrate a phenomenal professional that you are and seek therapy or counseling. Remember, taking care of your own well-being is not selfish. The people who say it's selfish, they need to take a look at themselves in the mirror because they ain't doing something right, okay? In fact, it's necessary to be effective and compassionate service provider. If you are not an effective and compassionate human service professional and social worker, maybe it is time for you to go sit yourself down somewhere. Just saying. By addressing any feelings of guilt or shame and prioritizing radical self-care, you can continue to positively impact others while also maintaining your own mental and emotional health. So remember, radical self-care is health care and kindness is free. So do me a favor today. Be kind to yourself and others. I love you so much for listening. Y'all send me some positive allergy energy. (laughs) Until next time. Bye. 